Cash Doll, Big Sean. Ready, set, better yet. Got this bitch rocking like we never left. Big time, big, big time. All she want from me is just a little time. Flooded out the venue. Hey, I look better than what I've been through. Yeah. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, girl. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Welcome back to another episode of OK Girls. Girl LB. It's DJ. And I'm so excited. It's about to be my birthday. Hey, in a couple days. Oh, oh bitches unite. <laughs> <laughs> Stand up. <laughs> the, all the OGs. Oh, you were so silly. It was, I had a good time this weekend. So tell us, what was on the floor for this weekend? So I went, so let's start with Friday night. I went to my old people hangout so I could see my bar husband's. I pay for any drinks. That would be duo. That would be duo. Mm-hmm. And um, and I probably should not have done that before the bestie brunch because you can't like drink all night and then go to the bestie brunch at twelve like on time and start drinking again. So I was drinking anejo. I woke up. I was still drunk. So I was like, okay, just hydrate. Try to get yourself together. Get to the bestie brunch. I get in the bestie brunch. And, you know, like, for my birthday, DJ got us that unlimited liquor. Mm. And so we just went right back in. So it was, I was drunk on top of drunk. And then I didn't get home till probably, I feel like I did a shift, like, a, at the plant. But a drunk shift. I was drunk <laughs> oh, my God. The whole time. But it was definitely fun. So if uh, you missed the Bestie Brunch, you definitely need to be at the next one. Um, the food was good. Mm-hmm. I've never made it in time to get food, so that I was excited about that part. So the food slapped, so it was cool. It was cool. Lots of twerking happening. Bar babes. Three to Hardway was in the building, so it was fun. What did you do? Well, um, you were at the Bestie Brunch, but yeah, I was for at the Bestie second. Brunch. Um, it was fun. I, d- I couldn't stay the whole time, but boy, the the two <laughs> hours I was there, I was good. Oh yeah, we snuck some stuff in the building. <laughs> I was good. I was I was real too good. Shout out to KB for that lemonade. Yo. Just the lemonade came through. The vibe, I was so chill. Yeah. Hey, what was you drinking those whiskeys? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was somebody with her lemonade? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I got somebody one of what you was drinking. They was like, What the is this? I said, Well, DJ had like five of those. But you you're like, bro. I am. We were we were not ready for that for that drink you had, but that was that was cool. That's all that I've really done. Um, it was a real one's birthday, Bray's birthday. Mm-hmm. Um, and he decided to have a kickback. So I'm gonna let you know how that goes next week, like a backyard kickback, like he's like he grown with his friends, and they pull, they gonna pull up. They pulling up, so it'll be like a bunch of twelve year olds in my house this weekend. He said he wants a tent. He wants the big Uno cards, the Connect Four. He wants it to be a vibe. He he said he wanted a DJ. I said, sit your little ass down. <laughs> You're going to get a playlist, a smooth playlist, and a Bluetooth speaker. That's all I got. So he requested these things. So, you know, it's Prime Day. So I'm on Amazon trying to buy all this shit oh, I need to... before this party. Like, why is the giant Uno cards say $200? I'm I'm sorry. What the giant Uno cards are two hundred dollars. So 
my friends that's playing giant giant uno they got money i'm you mean you mean two twenty dollars two hundred dollars and that could be because people like bought them off for prime day but the ones i saw they're two hundred dollars the giant connect four is also two hundred dollars yeah, don't worry, I'm not getting that. I'm getting a little off-brand version. He getting a little off-brand giant Jenga, the little off-brand Connect Four. <laughs> <laughs> he gonna get a bunch of different Uno decks, and y'all y'all gonna y'all sit gonna down at the work. card table. If y'all wanna um, take them just together and make one big Uno card, like they the just gonna be at yours. the card the table like they playing spades. That's the vibe he wants. He said he wanted to be a kickback, and I was like, "What have I done to my child?" <laughs> Like he, t- you're twelve, but I think it's gonna be fun. I think it's gonna be fun for them. So that was my week. You got an okay girl. Do I have an okay girl this week? <laughs> no, I don't. That. <laughs> yes, you do. Is not appropriate. Why is it not? <laughs> let me think. Of, let me think of another one. You gonna think of another one? Hmm. Go ahead, you go ahead. My okay girl is for you assholes that are still licking ice cream and shit. Um, For the guy that I saw spitting in the Listerine um, and spitting in the spaghetti sauce, I think it was like, I'm I'm tired. And I feel like I only see black people getting arrested for it. I don't see white people getting arrested for it. So that also, I mean, that's on brand, but that also is just like, irritating but i think that's absolutely disgusting and i'm i'm just i was literally checking for security the little seal Seals, mm-hmm. to make sure it was on my stuff at the grocery store because that's disgusting so is this a challenge or what's happening like i know i know the whole ice cream thing i think she sent a statement saying that it was it was fake like she did lick it but like soon as the camera shut down like she went back and got it and purchased it the guy in Louisiana did, I think, but I didn't hear her saying oh. that. But I mean, if she's smart, that should be the story that she had. But he came with the receipts. He had receipts. Like I did purchase this after, so you did it for clout. And he was old as hell. So I'm like, what? What are you trying to sell by going viral? Like licking ice cream? I just think it's nasty. It is. It's trife. But you know, goofy shit like that goes viral. Because we make it go viral. Because mm-hmm. we repost Cause it. Because we entertain, yep, their foolishness. That's that's crazy. Like, that's... that's I'm, just, I'm just like this. Like, ugh. My other okay girls for Kim Kardashian. Gosh, I need to... I've been, I need to get back on social media. I don't even know what's going and on. And all my shit is old. And you know what? I really don't care. Like, all of you that's listening, I hope you just rock with us anyway. Because my shit is old. We haven't been in the studio. <laughs> but I love y'all anyway. But I need to get this out. Kim Kardashian had that body foundation that make you make her look like a whole black woman. Yes. Like, a whole... She look like a whole brown black woman. What is wrong with her? She irritating. She's irritating. I'm over her. And everybody that I see that likes her posts, I'm over y'all too. Y'all irritating, especially black people. Like, oh my God, I need some. Like, what the fuck are you doing with body foundation? You're black. What you doing with it? What you doing with it? You don't have as much money as her. That shit's going to get on your clothes. I just, they irritate me. They whole family irritates me. Yeah, I'm going to show you. She's like a whole black woman. 
Like, and they're just putting it on, like, oh, I mix this color and this color. And like, is it like I airbrush style? have a tan. It looks like airbrush, but she looks, she, if she, if it was self-tanner, uh-huh. I mean, it still gives you the same vibe. Like, I don't like peop- white people that tan over tan. Bronzed, yeah. yeah. But their thing is like, oh, you know, I'm coloring my psoriasis. I'm covering up my psoriasis and I'm covering up my scars. But like when she puts it on, she's putting on like the deep color. Like it's not. Oh, so she, okay. She's like being I'm a clown. mixing the fair and the deep. Like, yeah. Okay. So she's just being a clown. A whole ass clown. So basically every time she posts something, people are like, oh, I thought that was a black woman. So that's my okay girl. Fuck you, Kim Kardashian. Fuck you, ice cream lickers. Um, spitters. All of you people. I hope you all go to jail for food tampering because it is a felony. And I hope that nobody black continues to do that dumb shit because you're going to go to jail first. So, how about that? So, my okay girl uh, for the week um, deals with, like, just your friends. And more so, like, no, like, friend friends. But (laughs) um, when... Friends that, like, just have the inability to hold one another accountable for bullshit and being in with a group of friends and allowing that one friend to just be off their fucking rocker and not hold them accountable. And then when you hold them accountable, everybody else is just sitting back like it's not a thing. Oh, and they don't say they let but you do it. But we know that it's a thing because we have other group chats like that, like, whoa, this is a thing. And then when shit hit the fan, like, you just out here on a deep end by yourself. And nine times out of ten, well, at least in this instance, I wasn't even the, ish- the person that really had that big of an issue. But uh, you usually the mouthpiece? Yeah. That's that's irritating. And and for both parties, the other side is like, okay, so you can't hold your friends accountable, especially if these people, these are women that you call your sisters. Like, that's not okay. But then on the other end, like, if we say that we have friends and we say that we fuck with people, like, when they give us critical feedback, we got to eat that, right? Yeah. Of course, it needs to be, like, delivered in a way that's, like, sincere, right? Yeah. And you got to be careful and think about their how they internalize information. But if you can't have tough conversations with me, then I don't even think I need to be around you. That's true. Like, and you shouldn't always have to be the one that is the deliverer of the bad news. Well, the it's not even it's holding like, the people holding people just making common sense of it. Like for me, it's like I don't care about mistakes. I believe everybody will mis- make mistakes. They can make mistakes and things of that sort. The shit get goofy when you're making the same mistakes over and over again. Make some new ones, right? Right. Yeah. And so when you call somebody out on it, like, and it has impact on other people, how are you mad? Like I'm giving you facts. This is not even emotion. This is not even feeling. These are facts. Did you do it like in front of the group? We were just were all sitting there chilling, just talking about random stuff. Okay. And then we just having heart to hearts, but it always gets real when someone feels uncomfortable about, and that's my thing. It's like, I think that I struggle with relationships where like, you feel like there's low key competition. Mm. And so it's kind of like, Two of two of them feel like they low key are competitive, like competitors, and I'm like, I don't think y'all should feel that way. Like when one one person is up, you should love on them, and when yeah. the other person is up, you should love on them. Like, but it's more so like one friend is always like rooting for the other friend, and the other one every time she got good news, the other one is just like, oh okay, that's good. If it, it definitely seems shady, 
That's annoying. And so my whole thing is like, okay, girl, like if you don't want to hold your sister friends accountable, that's not that's not cool. But while you're not holding them accountable, don't be in the streets like talking about them because that's right. not okay. Right. I always hated like, like um, getting gassed up to be the one that delivered mm-hmm. that type of news. And I think I didn't. I was young, so I didn't really realize that I was being used as the mouthpiece. And then by the time I did, like everybody was mad at me. Like nobody wanted to kick it with me, and mm-hmm. I'm like, but you said that about but her. But you said it. But you know, behind closed doors, they'd be like, yeah, I don't know why she said that to you, girl. Yep, that's exactly so, how it be. That's like I had to learn quick. Like, oh no, I'm not delivering your news. Like, you can tell her yourself. No, I definitely support friends that are able to have tough conversations, and that's why I shout out to my best friend for always. Like, I try to. She'll ask me questions, and I'll try to get out. You okay? Contact. <laughs> You'll, I'll try to get out of situations and she'll ask me like I need you to tell me what you need I need to tell me what your frustrations are I need to tell me if you're not okay mm-hmm. I need you to tell me and communicate if you're upset at me or you feel uncomfortable about something I did and things of that sort and it pushes me and it's like uh, I'm good but if I'm not really good she's pushed me to like just use my words and articulate when I feel a way because then as soon as you do it you talk through it and you're good and they'd be like, what was I even worried about or anxious about? Are you non-confrontational with friends? No, I wouldn't say that. I'm like, I feel like you confrontational at <laughs> work. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even think I'm confrontational. Not like that. Meaning like you are able to have a crucial conversation. Like it yeah, doesn't cause you like, stress. Yeah, no, it doesn't cause me stress. I think with friends, it's just like, I just believe like sweating the small stuff is exhausting. But at the same time. If you don't sweat the small stuff, it's going to get big. Yeah. And then, so it's like that balance. Like, is everything an issue or like sometimes you just got to roll with it? I think that's where my thing is. Like, so is I'm not going to say F you to your friends, but we are going to say like, hey, friends, mm-hmm. don't use your other friends as a mouthpiece. Yeah, that's not right. You're holding people accountable. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I also wanted to talk this week. And this episode is probably going to be short today, and I'm going to tell y'all why at the end. But I also wanted to talk this week about Joe Budden, and I also know that this is old, too. But I want to talk about it outside of what actually went on with him and Crystal, who is the co-host of The Read. I want to talk about, like, ASAP Rocky and just the general reaction of men to him calling her, like, a bum bee, because they was on my timeline heavy. What happened? Give me some context. Okay. I, you know, I haven't been on social So, media. Joe Budden has a podcast, mm-hmm. we all know, and The Read is, like, a long-running podcast. To me, they were, like, one of the forerunners in black podcasting. Mm-hmm. I've been listening to them, I think it's been, like, six years mm-hmm. now. So, and everybody that listens to them usually followed them on YouTube before because they were YouTubers. Mm-hmm. So, they have a huge following. Mm-hmm. Joe Budden has a huge following. So... She put on Twitter that ASAP, you know, ASAP is in Sweden going through this situation. He's in jail. Was it for assault or something? Yeah. But the the dudes clearly started it. So he should not be in jail. Mm-hmm. And that part, I think everybody rocks with. Like, mm-hmm. we can all agree as a black community that ASAP should not be in jail. He They started a petition like, you know, we need to get him out. You know, just trying to put pressure on the Swedish government to kind of let him out. So she reposted um, a quote that he made in an interview where he talks about he doesn't really care about the Black Lives Matter movement. That shit doesn't I really mean that. anything to him. I remember. You know, like, and I live he's in... He's not about rallying behind yes. the, like, 
and mm-hmm. I'm in Soho and I'm in LA and and I don't I can't relate. Mm-hmm. She didn't say anything about this nigga not needing to be out of jail. She simply said, "When I keep hearing about ASAP Rocky, I think of this." Mm-hmm. And she reposted it. Mm-hmm. Then she said, "I'm still going to buy my IKEA shit and I'm stop signing that petition," which is that's her opinion. It's valid and fair. Joe Budden records, and I felt like maybe it's love and hip hop storyline time. You mm-hmm. know, you don't really know. And he was he he did not call her out by name, which first of all I thought like if you you a sucker for that because if you um, everybody's gonna know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And you guys have the two top black podcasts, so why start all this stuff? But but he could have disagreed with her. He could have ate his food and kept going. He did not have to call her bum bitch. He called her bum bitch. He said, you bum ass bitch, home girl. That's how he referred to her. So, of course, Black Twitter, we ain't had shit to do. We was at work. Black Twitter just went crazy. And I just put black men that are misogynistic don't like Crystal. Don't, they don't like this podcaster. Mm-hmm. Dudes are was this retweeting like no we don't like the fact that blah 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 and and so what was what are what's their issue thank you thank you that so, she can't speak her mind that she pulled up receipts it was like the stuff that I was seeing and the stuff that people were saying to me was like um, as a black woman she should not be saying that about this black man and. It just brought me to why is there this subset of men? And it's a lot of you niggas. And I don't want to mail bash because it's some great men that love black women that I know personally and that I see on social media uplifting black women. But it's a group of you niggas. And some of you are my in my family, too, that are just like black women can't have an opinion. Black women don't ever do nothing but put down the black man like it just it it doesn't matter what we do like but you you literally are the niggas Mm -hmm. that don't marry black women because my thing is if you gonna hold me accountable and you marry and you date black women but you felt like hey sis this is a moment where i feel like you need to uphold the community Mm -hmm. that's fair but going through these niggas timelines that's talking shit to me and all you got is like these light-skinned girls or these blazian girls or girls that don't look like me I can't. I don't understand it. I yeah, really don't. I think, I think just with black men in general, like the times that I've heard that I'm like too much, I'm too needy, <gasps> I want too much, um, I'm extra, um, I'm clocking, like what you're doing, I'm asking too many questions. Um, I've only ever gotten that from black men. That And it's crazy. And 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 the thing is, it's like when you step back and think about it, the shit is actually very hurtful for for you to say, especially because your intention, your sole intention of saying it is to belittle me and to hurt my feelings. Mm-hmm. And it's like kind of like, damn, for real. And it's like, how, how do you even love somebody through that? Even if they're saying it um, in anger or frustration, you meant that. Yeah. I so you're just dealing with, with me. And I don't think I realize how much I've internalized from black men, you know, until you go to therapy mm-hmm. and you start realizing like, no, that's not you. Where did you get that from? And then you go back and you have to process it. You have to think like, where did you start getting that to internalize it? And it's like, it's you niggas. 
And it's, I'm going to say again, it's not all of you. I love black men. Love you to death. But it it was just really weird. Like, this dude was like, she's wrong, period. It's injustice. One dude wrote, like, a whole giant paragraph. And I was just like, I'm not reading that shit. Like, I don't. I literally don't care. But where's the accountability for ASAP, though? Exactly. Right? Like, the thing is, it's like, what he has to understand is, like, when you are stripped down and you have nothing, I need you to remember that you are a black man. Yeah. And right now, they're looking at you as a black man. Yes. They're not looking at your history. They're not looking at your Twitter history, your IG history. They're not even looking at your bank account to see that you always, you stay in Soho and you doing this and you doing this for European fashion designers and things of that sort. Because once you're stripped of everything that you have that was given to you, because they look at it like we gave this to you. When they strip it away from you, you are nothing but a black man. So when you make statements like you can't relate, first of all, he grew up in Harlem. Like, what is he talking about? Like, you, what? One fashion show, one fashion week, and you didn't lost your mind? Like, I need you to remember that. So, like, when people are coming at her real tough, like, I remember, I need y'all to remember the energy he brought to the situation. And I'm not saying that it wasn't, it's, it is injustice. Like, there is no reason for him to be detained on some bullshit but let's not act like and the thing is is we so and i'm even guilty of it a lot of i feel like we are all guilty of Mm -hmm. it like making excuses for black men and not holding them accountable but they want to hold us accountable so quick but you forget the grace that i've extended you and you want to feel like you holding me accountable but you forget about all the hundred times that i've extended grace but you can't extend it back cool i was just super irritated and then my uh, my cousin who i love and maybe he'll come on maybe he'll listen to this and he'll come on and like we can have a dialogue about it he posted like after the BET awards like who is this big b on top of this wedding cake like you niggas is weird and corny if you think like that's good i'm sitting up here like sis is playing a whole ass flute she didn't dance sang rapped better than your favorite rapper wasn't out of breath she gave a Beyonce style performance I've never seen her not sing live or lip sync or anything like that she always sings live and so I'm like and and you talking about that she bigger like you got big people in your family hell I'm in your family like who are you talking about he didn't respond to me on social media I did say something underneath the post but I just don't understand and and I want I hope that any listener can take this and like reach out to me to tell me why like if you're a black man like help me understand what you have internalized that you got an issue with me with us with black women because you can say we extra we this we that we do the most or like my favorite thing is like baby girl who hurt you Mm -hmm. nigga sir have several seats like me telling you I want to talk to you because you married it's not because nobody hurt me nigga you just out of pocket and out out of of line like (sighs) I'm just over it people over it people yeah so like let us know like I don't I don't want to go any further and like keep bashing y'all but I just want from you hotel dudes help me understand what it is about the black women that that you don't love and appreciate because we we're everything like you came from us so i don't really get what the problem is you sound like idiots 
Um, I have recently started reading an, a new book mm-hmm. called Present Over Perfect. Have you heard of it? No. When I tell you the gems, I'm going to screenshot a couple pages. I'm reading an ebook and like just the gems like was crippling. It was too crippling. So share one. Share some free game. Because um, we skipped over that. So let me see. I got a couple, but let me hold on. Let me look. Um, the burden of trying to be a person who's competent, right? You spend so much energy trying to prove that you are competent, that you overwork yourself. Um, you sacrifice your mental health, your physical health, your sanity, just because you want people to think and or believe that you're smart instead of just internalizing that you have the skills and that you're smart. Mm-hmm. So you then take on all this work and then also taking on this work, you have no balance. Like there comes a, a time where you got to take care of yourself and understand like this is business and like you feeling so good about being so busy to the point that you're sick doesn't do anything for you or the work. Right. And you're actually not efficient when you're like crippling yourself. I got to find the like when I, I was reading it, like what? And it was just kind of like one thing that I thought was really um, big. It said, what would happen? What would be lost if I stopped or if I slowed down to a pace that felt less like a high speed chase all day, every day. Um, and it was like, Cause I said, Oh my God, I'm just so tired. It's working. It's like, Nope. I got to shift my orientation. I can't, people can't just keep adding projects mm-hmm. and like, you definitely not like increasing my salary, just adding projects right. and overworking me and things of that sort. So my shift is like, you want me to do a project? Not a problem. I could definitely make this a priority. I want to prioritize everything that's, you know, all my work streams and everything that I'm working on. And just this me, this is me having a conversation with my manager. Like I'm prioritizing all the things that you want me to do. And like, let me know which is top of mind and I will work on these projects. And if I get to these projects, I will, but it's not me trying to like go crazy and do it all. Do you also feel like people do that because they see that, you like to get shit done i think that people do that because Mm -hmm. they know that we're like not overachievers i don't know if that's the right word but that we're passionate about what we do and we want to be seen as like but as but at what extent does it become like you are just blatantly trying to take advantage of you i agree I agree. Because once you start talking about like promotions and you start talking about like pay and things of that sort, it get weird. I think that's manipulation though. Mm -hmm. And I think that's like how well, I don't want to jump back to black men. Okay, so I'm not. But I just think that's how like people do. Like they use the fact that we like I like to get things done. I like for people to say, Hey, this is something that I would like for you to take the lead on because Mm -hmm. I feel like you could do a good job. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if that is a part of the whole thing like wanting to feel busy or like wanting to feel like people can rely on me like where does that come from because when you feel like people rely on you and people are dependent on you it also makes you feel like you're not a weak person right like yeah. is this so is this part that says as i unravel that many things that brought me to the critical this critical this crisis point one is under undeniably my own belief that hard work can solve anything that pushing through is always the right thing that rest and slowness are for the weak people not for high capacity people like me oh the things i did to my body and my spirit in order to maintain my reputation as a high capacity person oh the moments i miss the people i love because i was so very committed to being known as the strongest of the strong oh the quiet moments along with god i sacrificed in order to cross a few things off the to-do list i worshiped 
it's like it's like I feel triggered. Gent, like I was like, <laughs> you don't know my life. No, I can't do it. I'm taking my PTO days. I'm taking my vacation days. I'm taking my mental health days. I'm prioritizing projects. I cannot be worked so hard that yeah. I'm like sick that I can't even enjoy the fruits of it because I and it's like you know people will pat you like good job good job only to put something else on you yeah to not even give you the mental space to to breathe and take a minute before you before they give you something else i think that's why i stepped away from my blog i definitely have not been posting as much was it just too much it wasn't too much it was just like who am i competing with Mm -hmm. like like you have to post so often yeah because like i was like oh man like this blogger that i love is like really um, posting a lot and so like let me step my game up sort of th- let me step my game <laughs> up sort of thing and and then you realize like you're starting to feel bad if that person posted more than you this week or if you feel like dang like they really killing it like that literally has nothing to do with me and my blog and my followers and my engagement like I just had to like chill like enjoy my summer with my kids like I'm not about to be out dressed like in this 90 degree weather to post an outfit post for you got my kids taking posts and we like taking pictures and we didn't get to do anything fun so mm-hmm. I literally just was like are you tripping like and then I and to, to your point I saw this tweet where it said I don't know who needs this which I think it's hilarious when people send that out like I don't know who needs this but you need to take 90% of those projects off your list because you're not really getting them done anyway. Facts. <laughs> and I was like, triggered? I'm about okay. to, I cannot wait until this fall. I'm sorry, I no longer can be a part of this. Anything that can, yeah. anything that I truly do not want to do, I am not going to do. Because you are busy as hell. Like boards, foundations, like meetings. And like, I've had great experiences from it, but it's also time. There's a there's a phase and there's a, like, I got to step back and I just got to, like, breathe. Yeah. Like, it's okay. There's nothing wrong with slowing down. Like, I need time to just, like. But you're not going to stop moving. Just, like, it's yeah. nothing wrong with slowing down as long as you don't stop moving. Yeah, I'm not going to stop moving, but I also need to make sure that, like, I got myself together. Yeah. Like, it doesn't make any sense that I'm running myself down to the ground, like. No, like, and the thing is, it's like for me, no matter how like outspoken I am, I do feel very uncomfortable telling people no. Why? I don't know. And it's not even in the times that I've done it, I was so nervous and it turned out like, it's okay. It's okay. I get it. Like, of course we would want, you know, this and that, but you to come here or whatever. And it's like, but I, but I get it. Right. And it's like, dang. I was stressed out, like, oh, my God, I'm about to tell them no. And they're not really tripping. Like, and that's what I have to remember. Yeah. First of all, anybody and everybody can be replaced. Yeah. Like, like, right? Like, mm-hmm. jobs, let me make a poor decision. I'm going to have to resign from all of them anyway, right? Yeah. And so, like, it's not like it, it can't happen. So it's just, like, slowing down the pace. I can't be yes to everything. And, and sometimes it's not necessarily that I don't want to do it, but if I don't have the capacity to do it, like... Because we'll stress and yeah. struggle and overschedule. And, and I won't even enjoy it. It's something yeah. that I like, but I won't enjoy it because yeah. I'm so frustrated because I don't have no more. I don't have no time. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like and, and it's also that ties into like maybe I think it's the fear of like disappointing people. But and then, and then you got to like dig deep. Like, mm-hmm. why am I? Why do I need to please people? Mm-hmm. But I feel like once you say no, I could I can't stop saying it. 
They were like, <laughs> oh, you know, we're having this. I and, and this brings me back to an earlier episode. I am tired. I want all the bloggers and influencers and pretty people and popular people in our in this little scene we have in Detroit start consolidating some of these brunches and shit. And panels. Because I literally can't. Like, $65 for some cupcakes and some lemonade ain't it. Like, y'all paint, charging and y'all not even, like, I think El the Foodie said this, like, y'all don't even have a catering budget. <laughs> like, why are you why are you charging me this much money? And it's, first of all, it's not no food here. I got to go get something to eat afterwards. And then you all are recycling <laughs> the same people, the same speeches, the same advice. Like, I just feel like if y'all came together, which this will always just be an issue in our community, period, come together. Like, hey, how can we put on a quality brunch or panel or lunch or whatever like how can we make it more more impactful Mm -hmm. like what have I heard other people saying that I don't need to repeat Mm -hmm. like I don't I don't I just but in order to do that you gotta open you gotta open the floor up and you gotta have different faces and and things of that sort and I think people are uncomfortable with that yeah but these brunches boy and these the only time I go to brunch is with my best friend so we could talk shit yeah and I feel (laughs) like it's a it's a millennial thing and it's great like I don't want to mm-hmm. feel like it's a like I'm bashing millennials because I'm not like I think that it's great I feel like millennials move and they do shit and they get shit done and I think that part about it is great but I feel like you cannot have the same four and five people at a brunch mm-hmm. and you cannot be repeating the same four or five tips like how many how to start being a blogger panels can we have yeah like nigga if you already blogging you blogging (laughs) like what i don't need to know how to start like i need to know how to monetize tell me how to do that how do i pitch those are the conversations we not having because that would involve you giving up some of your real expertise giving up some of the pr list that you have and that's what people don't want to do that's the issue old people millennials i don't care who it is like that is the issue nobody wants to really tell you something that's gonna really set you on the track to make some money because i can just keep charging you to come to brunch that's so problematic though. and i can give you a little tidbit at a time and it's a but it's a weird balance right like i don't believe everything is for free and Mm. i i don't believe everything is for free and i do feel like people overpick like picking your brain yeah but if people are paying 65 whatever 50 whatever to get free gems they are paying you to get yeah they are right like it's not like someone is calling you like hey can you tell me how to do this and do that so it's like but i think that was a part i don't want to call it a a scheme right Mm -hmm. but i think that's a part of it it is a scheme (laughs) like that's what it's about it's like to be influential enough where People have this facade and they don't even really. And sometimes like sometimes there are situations where like you realize that like do do they really got it the way they saying they got it? Mm. So it's like you you recycling the four same tips because that's all you got, sis. Like, right. And like you doing it for the grand. But like, do you really got it? Yeah. Like, right. And so I think that's. 
Like, I know if I go to an event where me and Ray have decided to speak, because she don't really speak at every event, mm-hmm. I'm going to get some gems. Mm-hmm. Like, I know I'm not. And if you follow you her, selective too. You if you follow her, you get in gems. Mm-hmm. Like, she gets free game all the time, which she doesn't have to. Mm-hmm. But I feel like because she's real and more authentic, when her stuff goes on sale, it sells out. Mm-hmm. Like, because she's more authentic and she's not mm-hmm. stingy with it, but... She does do consultations if you want more, you know, more Mm -hmm. of a one-on-one thing. But I feel like the only people that I've really gotten, like, I've paid and gotten some gems from, it's, like, Brittany Brown Mm -hmm. for PR Mm -hmm. and Megan Ward. Mm -hmm. Like, and I paid to have those consultations, and I feel like I walked away Mm -hmm. with, okay, like, I can use all of this, and I still use all of it. Mm -hmm. So... I think I'm interested in getting a consultation. I think I just, I think in a couple years, I just want to like open a consulting firm when I'm just working independently. Mm-hmm. And I know that there's certain like business moves I need to make mm-hmm. and certain contacts I need to make. So I'm definitely going to be reaching out um, to someone soon. Um, I think I'm working with my best friend and she's going to help me like with the strategy just to use my experiences and how I can leverage that um, as experience to get into certain doors. So that's something I'm definitely thinking about. Like 2020, that's something like big um, that I I really, really want to work on. But I think that like everybody want to be an influencer. And so it's oversaturated to the point that it's just like it's not even cool like one person that i really love i've never seen her live or anything is my leak some people have problems with her but when she speak i listen like because i feel like she only talks when she has something to say Mm -hmm. um even with her podcast she used to be super consistent with her podcast but now it's like ever since she had her child and like Mm -hmm. she made some adjustments and like so when she dropped i'm like really listening and like and she doesn't feature like high profile celebrities. She features celebrities that are doing impact. You read their bio, you probably didn't hear it. They probably don't have a hundred thousand, mm-hmm. a million followers, but you hear their work ethic. You don't have any, you can't do anything but like agree with their grind and, and that have that journey resonate with you. So um, she's, re- she's very like straight no chaser, yeah. but she talks about like, I work hard. Everything that I've had, like I worked very hard. Like I sit in rooms that I know I belong in. I'm never phased about. And it's like this aura about her. Like she's definitely a vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, I like her too. Yeah, I really, really enjoy her. Like she, when she just speaks or even when she tweets, I'd be like, okay, let me see. Like she always hits it right on the head. And sometimes it's like uncomfortable, but it makes you step back and reflect like, oh, damn. But I think those people are true influencers because they're real. You can see that they're genuine. Mm-hmm. Like, even like Super Set, like, I feel like she be, she crazy to mug sometimes. I love her. But when she like, okay, I'm going to tell you how to do this, I'll be right on there like, all right. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like she's going to tell you something for real. And Always. I feel like if she had a panel, I would go to that. Like, that's something that I think that I would pay like for. Like, if she had, yeah, if she had a live show on or something. I know she had one, like, in Atlanta and stuff like that. It was sold out. And she has this um, retreat called My Taught You Retreat. Yeah. And it's so dope. Like, it's application only and stuff yeah. like that. But when I like, applied before. When I see <laughs> footage of it, like. It always looks so fun. It looks, like, life-changing. Yeah. Like, life-changing. She's always on some, like. And I think that can happen here. Like, mm-hmm. I think, um, what was it? I think they did that, like, the My Powerful Woman retreat. Like, I 
it can happen here. It has happened here. But I just think that right now it's just a wave of brunches and panels. And I just, I don't think that they shouldn't happen. I just think that we need to, like, consolidate that information. Like, No, definitely. And I think one thing, I think, like, this is my Lee quote or something. I, I don't know where I got it from. I think I saw it on her page. But it's more so, like, be a woman of significance over success. Like, it's, like, Ooh. literally, like, it's significance over success. Like, you can have... Um, the materialistic things you can be all over the place but when you're significant you're a value of people and people value you and they understand like what you have to offer and like so like the vibe is like be significant and whoever wh whoever you're in front of be significant rather yeah. than just chasing um to be successful because i feel like significance is gonna it's the long haul yeah um success goes up and down yeah. shit it could change from a tweet it could change when you saying something goofy on a podcast yeah. um and like yeah, being like oh, and then could. all none of the Black women listening to your your podcast because you calling them bum bitches. Yeah, like, it literally can change. But when you're significant, even when you make a mistake, you can make it a teachable moment and yeah. share it with folks. And like, yeah, and just, just be real about it. I think one thing that I decided to do this year that I think was super valuable to me was I asked all of my friends, mm -hmm. um, how was I of value to them? Mm -hmm. Like, what about my friendship did they value, and what? was one thing that they felt like they weren't getting from me as a friend. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that was very eye-opening for me because I think sometimes you can get down on yourself when you have failed friendships and failed relationships. And I think I needed, I just needed them to answer that question and to me answer that to them. And I feel like it was very cleansing for all of us. Mm -hmm. And it kind of helped us move differently because it was like, oh, you know what? I know that you love when mm -hmm. I do this or when I can give you advice in this way mm -hmm. and that's how you receive it. And it's, it was just really powerful. Mm -hmm. And I think like we, we sit, we try to sit down and have those conversations like at least a couple of times a month. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, we will be a duo like drinking, but we will <laughs> still literally still have like those deep conversations because I think they're needed. And I think as women, they're cleansing. Like, for you to just say, hey, girl, like, am I really, like, a good friend to you? Like, mm -hmm. tell me for real. Mm -hmm. Like, what can I do to, what can I change? Or what's something that you felt like that I did that was just really, really good mm -hmm. for you as a friend? Because sometimes you could just be moving through. And they're like, girl, you, you're trash. Yeah. And I think I move so fast, like you said, because we always busy. Mm -hmm. You move and move and moving, and you don't realize like your friends looking at you like, bitch, like, or, or checking in. Because sometimes like I do check in, and then sometimes I gotta stop back and step back and realize like I checked in, but it wasn't genuine. Okay, like asking someone how they are. You got to unpack. And I know sometimes people are like, well, I got to dig for it. Right. But mm -hmm. sometimes like that's just how people are with yeah. their emotions and things of that sort, especially when they're going through things. Like you ask your friend, like, what's going on? Ask follow ups. Like, how are you been? Ask on updates and stuff like that. And nine times out of ten, depending on the situation, they'll give you information like, damn, I ain't know. And you be like, girl, I told you that. <laughs> but you might have missed it. Yeah, I might have missed it. Or I really didn't know. And it's because it's like you moving, moving, you too busy and all this other stuff. It's like, how could you know? Yeah. Um, and it's like sometimes I used to feel like, well, if they wanted me to know, they'll share it. But it's like that's not always true. No, it's not. And you got to ask questions. Because sometimes when things happen, you get kind of crippled. Like, I don't know. I don't want to be a burden on people and, and all this. So, like, it's it's pretty interesting. But just checking up on your friends, like, 
I have friends like like when they go through things, they're grieving or anything like that. Like it's not necessarily I can't do anything for them, but it's more so just checking in. Like I'm rooting for you. It's going to yeah. be all OK. Yeah. And, and those things are very helpful um, to people. Which is super important because that's kind of as well. I'm going to kind of say this and then we're going to leave because I don't want to cry on the air. Mm-hmm. But I feel like um, that is something that I struggle with as a friend. Like when my friends are grieving, mm-hmm. I do not. Because I'm that introvert, extrovert, Mm -hmm. I get very anxious and stressed because I don't know how to support people in that way when they have someone close to them that dies. Mm -hmm. Especially if that person was a a friend to me, too, and I'm also grieving. Mm -hmm. So I don't know, like, how do you deal with that? Because I know we kind of both had a loss this Mm -hmm. week. Like, how do you deal with supporting your grieving friends? Because I hate to just be like... Girl, I can't just imagine what you're going through. I literally cringe when people say that Mm -hmm. because it's like, that's not helpful. Mm -hmm. To me, that's not helpful. So how I typically support people who are grieving is just, first and foremost, I ask, like, what do you need? And nine Mm -hmm. times out of ten, they don't know what they need. But Mm -hmm. I think there's something refreshing just asking people because sometimes you got to, not that you necessarily have an answer, but there's going to come a time you need to think about what you need in order to move forward. Yeah. And and even if that just means you're self-reflecting to think about that, that's super important. I think that just affirming with people like, listen, this is a challenge without a doubt, but like continue to face it bravely, continue to be strong for yourself, the loved ones and their family. And like you, you, I will tell them, I tell them very clear, like I don't have the words. I really do not. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what to say. But I also know there's nothing that I can say to make you feel better. But all I ask is for you to just try to get through it, right? Not get over it, but mm-hmm. get through it and know that, like, this is the time to really think about, like, the good times that you've had with, yeah. for the person or with the person and, and, and lead with that. Because the reason why you're sad is because you've had a lot of good times with right. the person or you have good memories of the person or you have a rapport or a relationship with the person. You hold on to that and you let that lead you on. Um because it's one of those things, like, I tend to just do. Mm-hmm. So, like, I show up with food. Show up <laughs> like with food, I don't. flowers. Because and- I don't have words. I don't know what to say. Mm-hmm. I know I can't make you feel better with my words. Mm-hmm. I'm not a soothing present <laughs> at all. Like, and I know that about myself, so I don't even try because it gets awkward and then it comes off as being fake. Fake. So... Okay. I will send you like scriptures that I knew helped me get through people mm-hmm. that passed. Mm-hmm. If I know that that's your thing, or even if it's not your thing, I might send them to you anyway. anyway. Mm-hmm. But I think my biggest questions that I've, that I've been asking in this situation is like, what do you need right now? Mm-hmm. Cause you so far away from me and like, I'm here mm-hmm. where it happened, but you are far away. So what do you need? What can I do to help you right now? So here's also a tidbit about that. And like, I don't know, some people agree with it. Some people don't. It's typically been successful. And when I do it, it's that like when trauma occurs, everybody's there for the first couple of weeks. Yes. Everybody is there. Yes. You get the flowers, you get the food, you get the, the text, you get the calls, you get the sympathy cards, you get all those things. But what happens like a month that next a, week? What happens after the funeral? That next what month? What happens after repass? Like what happens that next month? What happens like six months later when you still are recovering? Because yeah. at night when you think about that person, you're back to the day that you heard about the unfortunate situation. Yep. And I think that like 
when you're supporting someone who's grieving, you think about the long term and you check in on them and yeah. just their mental well-being and things of that sort when there isn't a crowd. Yeah. In the stands and like, and it I might think just that's be- most important because that first week, you know how we do. We mm-hmm. we sit shiver mm-hmm. like Jewish people, and we just we be at everybody's house. We be at the house, and we bring food, and we do that, and it's and it's 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 good. Like it's good. Everybody sit around you, reminisce or whatever, and you you feel a little bit better because you have all those people around you. Mm-hmm. But that's like really key, and I need to remember that, like. It's going to be hard for her when she leaves and she has to go back. Mm-hmm. And she got to look at all that stuff. And mm-hmm. she got to remember that space that she's in. And that person is not there and won't be there. Mm-hmm. So maybe you help with if she's putting th- <laughs> if she's putting things in, like, storage or something. You help during those processes, yeah. right? And it's like, because it's like when the person feel the most loneliest is like, or the most lonely is when everybody moves on with their lives yeah. and they struggle to move forward with theirs. And, you know, people, we be quick, too. And I'm saying we because I've done it, too. You get through the repast and you like, woo, because it's not your situation it's and it's situation. heavy and it's, it's uncomfortable. It's not your burden to carry. And that might sound insensitive, but we do that. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just the truth. Like, we, we do that. And so I got to remember for her sake, like, to not think so much about me mm-hmm. and how I feel about it and remember to to reach out to her when everybody is gone because it's just going to be a lot of people around her right now. Mm-hmm. So so I think I want to end there. Mm-hmm. And I want to say um, happy birthday to me. My birthday is Wednesday. Happy early birthday. Thank you. I'm going to La Culture and see what all the fuss Ooh, is about. it's so good. Is it? It's so good. Okay. I really don't think There's I'm going to be able to eat half the things that's there because I can't eat seafood. I'm just going to give you some good macaroni and cheese and oh, sit that's down. The, that's good. Their grilled cheese is good with their tomato soup is good. Okay. Mama their lamb business. chops. Do you eat lamb chops? I do. Okay. Their lamb chops are super good. It's good. So I can do that. Um, but I do want to... Um, Tell everybody, like, if you want to comment, especially black men, if you want to tell me, you know, talk to me. I don't care if you're mad or not. You know, I do get a lot of mad stuff that I don't share because whatever. And um, um, hit us up on okgirlpodcast.gmail.com and follow us on all of our socials um, at okgirlpodcast. But I do want to dedicate this episode to to Will. We're going to miss you and RIP to Ashley. Rest in peace, Ashley. We're going to dedicate this episode to you. And um, praying for you guys and all of your loved ones. And I think that's it. We out. We out. All right. Bye. We stay bye. patient. Hey, then we made it yeah. at the basement. Yeah. Diamonds, you can spot them in my ear. I'm at the jeweler. I ain't copper from the beers. Louis luggage at the bottom of the leer. Hotter than the summer hits. I got them for the year. Cash doll, I'm popping. I ain't never flowing wet. Oh, you scared to cop it? What you